are now in the car. Hello, hello, hello. All right. Um, I do not have a song video tribute for the unfortunates yet, but I will be coming to that soon. Um, if you guys do not know. Okay. So the unfortunates is my personal show that I have done for actually a few years now, as you can read right there on the bottom. This is my third season. This is my first episode. I always wait a couple of weeks so I could determine Who's the unfortunate teams? And usually throughout the week, I usually talk about not really the unfortunates, but it's more so the disappointments. I'm leaning towards combining the disappointments and putting them on the unfortunates. If not, I will definitely be putting the, you know, the guys who just didn't do that great that Sunday or that week after Sunday, and I'm going to pop it on Monday before Monday Night Football. But as of right now, this is my first official episode of The Unfortunates via camera. And I will still keep it on podcast. I will be posting. Um, it will be on my personal podcast, and uh, that will be in the mic, this episode of The Unfortunates. And also, I'll be posting to the Sports Daddy TV podcast that we Consistently do every week, and if you can't get with me on that, you can also get with Big Chief on that. Big Chief handles that as well, as much as we both do. Um, it's the first episode, so kind of happy. So right now, what this is really designed to do is to point out the flaws of the bottom five teams in the league and then try and find a positive inside of those negatives because I'm all about flipping. I'm all about flipping. Now, this also means that if I dog your team, it's just the fact that it's unfortunate. I love football. Everybody talks about the top fives. Major injuries we talk about. I actually have none to talk about today. Uh, we also talk about my rankings. And actually, I didn't even do my game list, which I'll do. So my game list is usually based upon who's on my unfortunates. I pick the games that they're playing. Um, I will do that at the very end of the episode. So right now, we will talk about number 32. Who, in my estimation, is the worst team in the NFL? Look, when I say the worst team in the NFL, I would love to be on the worst team in the NFL and to do something. I commend every single NFL player for what they do with their bodies and for the skill sets that they have and trying to do what they do for a career. Anybody who loves this game or has played football will completely understand they don't care which NFL team you would want to be on it too. So you guys are probably wondering who I think is the worst team before the season starts here in two days. 
So right now, and I honestly didn't think I had a whole lot to say, but I think I now have a whole lot more to say about them than I originally had. Let's start here. The Atlanta Falcons, okay? Um, it's a little personal. Maybe because uh, Arthur Smith, who's the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, used to be my offensive coordinator in Tennessee, and we miss him terribly. And Marcus Mariota used to be our quarterback, and he knows that system. Um, in my own personal notes, uh, I guess my scripted notes, uh, Marcus has no excuse. He knows the playbook, playing like he hasn't grown in the last three seasons. To me, that sounds pretty accurate. I don't know about you guys, but if you guys are an Atlanta Falcon fan and you guys are sick and tired of kind of like, you know, Atlanta blowing games, uh, I just, I love Marcus Mariota's work ethic attitude, but I wish he was a as aggressive as he was at Oregon because now he has an offense and a coach that can lean towards that. And unfortunately, the unfortunate, he's only probably going to get three or four weeks before they start talking about Ritter, 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 who is their rookie quarterback from Cincinnati, who they have a similar, similar skill set. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, before I get to the next bullet point. <laughs> yes. As everybody starts in already, it's the unfortunate Titans. Um, I will be brutally honest on this show. Uh, I planned on not holding back from any team, and that includes my two. Um, so, yeah. The unfortunate Titans, we're not there yet, but Spoiler alert, the Titans are on the list. And we have the Chameleon who's decided to come in from, come in from YouTube and say that the Titans are the worst team in the NFL right now. No, sorry, I got Atlanta. Um, the reason why Atlanta is ranked last, let's get to that point. And again, that's not in my notes. Um Atlanta is one of the worst teams, not because they're quarterback to coach, um, but we also have the simple fact that this is a rebuilding team. And the simple fact that they're rebuilding, they traded Matt Ryan, they picked up Marcus Mariota. Let's be completely honest. Even as of right now, Matt Ryan is better than Marcus Mariota. Um. And he seemed to fit that offense. And if I'm not mistaken, you can fact check me on this. Didn't Matt Ryan get 20 touchdowns and only 11 picks in this offense last year and threw for over 3,000 yards? Yeah. The way Marcus is looking right now, I, I, I don't know. Um, my next guy to talk about is Arthur Smith. He's the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. He's a former Tennessee Titans offense coordinator. So I'm very familiar with what the Falcons are doing. Um, they are a physical team up front. I wish your defensive line matched that up front. 
Uh, here's my note, and I believe this act. Um, Arthur Smith, I believe he is better at his job than has shown up this year. Last year, it was shocking how well they played, and yet were in the beginning of the season. They held their own against the Rams, and it's good that they did that because it shows that they got heart. But I have one problem with Marcus Mariota, and Marcus Mariota ran into this problem. He never threw players open. He only threw two open players. This is a huge problem. And the reason why I bring that up, my third and final fact for the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts. We're two games in. He's a top five tight end in the NFL. I have no doubt, no fact, okay? He has four catches, 38 yards, and no touchdowns. That's that's unexcusable. I know this might sound silly, and you guys are probably going to hear me say this a lot during this season. I have a feeling with the money that's being thrown out with quarterbacks nowadays, NBA influence is going to start affecting the other positions, like wide receiver, tight end, possibly running back, left tackle. Quarterbacks are ridiculous, okay? So let me ask you a question. If you know you're a top five player in your position, would you want to go back to a losing franchise? We just saw Kevin Durant try to force his way out of New Jersey. I have a feeling, and these NBA and these NFL players are very close now, I have a feeling with the OBJs in the world and some of these players, that NBA influence is going to start affecting a lot of these offensive players. Um, and that's it for number 32. So um, I did mention a little bit from number 31. Uh, I think it's really kind of obvious at this point. Uh, let's go ahead. Boom. The Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Why are they at number 31 and not the bottom? Honestly, don't know. They have one of the top three running backs in the league between Nick Chubb, King Henry, and Taylor. And yet, in two games, they've scored 20 points. And that equaled in a tie, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sorry. The Colts are 0-2, right? So let me get to the point. We saw what happened when Michael Pittman didn't play last week. They can't move the ball at all. They put eight in the box, nine in the box, and said, okay, dare us to beat you running the ball because Matt Ryan's not that guy anymore. So that pushes me to another question. And before, um, let me read the first note. Michael Pittman Jr. being out one week shows just how underdeveloped the wide receiver depth is in Indy. That's a fact. So let's see. This is Matt Ryan's fifth year. And my second question is, I have a question for all of you. Is Matt Ryan done in the NFL? Is this his last year? If it is, 15 years? He was one of those guys I didn't believe in, but he's one of those guys 
I mean, come on. He was at Boston College, and he threw more interceptions and touchdowns. And, yeah, he had phenomenal footwork, but he was never that guy. He was never that guy. Some people argue that he was better than Jimmy G because he played better in the system than Jimmy G did. So that is the question of the day. And matter of fact, let me go ahead and edit this before I get off the Colts. I'm sorry. You know what? Let me go ahead and um, keep that. Um, no, I'll leave it alone. I'll ask it on Twitter. Um, I'll ask for Twitter under the unfortunates after this episode is completed. Um, and the next question is, um, should Frank Wright be on the hot seat? Part of me kind of wishes he is because um, if that dude gets fired, I need a offensive coordinator and or head coach in Tennessee. That dude can, that dude like can, run a football team. Indianapolis has been the most inconsistent football franchise since Peyton Manning left. And y'all met, forced him to leave. Like Y'all on my nerves. All right. So let's move down here to number 30, which a couple of you guys in the comments has already commented on. And like I said, I'm be brutally honest. My Tennessee Titans, my two-tone blue, the team that I've loved ever since I was a little boy. I have never. I spoke about this on the show on Wednesday with the Coastal Bros. I've never seen my Tennessee Titans look like this. We look incomplete at a few positions. Offensive line, wide receiver. Now, I'm not throwing them completely under the bus. Tennessee is not going to be the worst team or even in the bottom five. I'm just saying for right now. But the one thing that has definitely been consistent and not good, and I will read to you the number one thing, Todd Downing is on par to be the same unimproving offensive coordinator in Tennessee. We had to bring in another passing game coordinator because – Todd Downing wasn't doing it right. And I'm one of those guys. I'm a defensive guy all the way, without question, without any doubt. And there's no but there. You need to play aggressively always. The Baltimore Ravens just prove why. If you take your foot off the gas, there's a bunch of those games named Tyree Kill or somebody else's waiting to catch touchdowns on teams that just feel like the game's over. And yeah, I quoted that. I quoted that. I know. I know. So I'm hurt that my Tennessee Titans are, are, are really going through this struggle. The O-line in the draft and free agency didn't help. Half of that is fact, and the other half of that is a huge question mark. 
The free agency for the offensive line we're not sure about yet because we got one guy who was a former starter from the Carolina Panthers who every Tennessee Titan fan talked about badly, by the way. Um, I'm still waiting to see if we rotate daily in and out. And we actually do have an injury to our left tackle who we all love. But the draft... I spoke about this on Wednesday, and I spoke about this during the draft. I felt as I was watching the Tennessee Titan draft, it was to say that we are rebuilding. When we have a very expensive defense, when we don't have any really professional offensive coaches to speak of, and we got a new quarterback when we all know that Ryan Tannehill is going to cost next to nothing to get rid of towards the salary cap. So the question is, is, is Tennessee, do the players know something that I don't? Are we rebuilding? That's the question. And the reason why I'm asking this question is because I think I've said it for like the last four or five days now. We're playing like we have no identity. And it hurts. I do a show with three other guys. I have two teams. My Arizona Cardinals look really flat until the end of that Raider game. They said, oh, no, we're going to do what we do. We're going to rely on our talent. Okay. So, and that's that. My Cardinals got talent. Tennessee has talent all over the place. Why our offensive coordinator is not leaning towards the talent that we have on the team is beyond me. Statistically, he's near 70% run, run, pass, punt, pass, run, pass, punt, and then run, run, pass, run. And those, and that's his, that's his first 10 plays. I understand you have King Henry, but statistically, Downing, you are the most predictable offensive coordinator in all of the NFL. You need to go back and be a tight ends coach, bro. Because when you were coaching those tight ends, man, those tight ends, they were phenomenal. I, I'm not mad at you. I know a fact. You will get another job in the NFL. I don't think it'll be an offensive coordinator. And I'm sorry to say that, Mike Vrabel, if you do what Mike McCarthy does, which is keep your friends on staff, it could cost you your job. And you got to remember, Mike McCarthy, you don't have Aaron Rodgers to lean back on like Mike McCarthy did. And he still got fired. You got Ryan Tannehill who just threw for 119 yards, maybe less. That dude in this offense and a guy that you hired for offensive coordinator is going to make you look bad at it, no matter how much I like you. And after that emotional bit, um, sorry, Big Chief, um, if you're watching, I'm going to go after your wife here a little bit. Sorry. The Chicago Bears are number 29. 
the number one thing about the Chicago Bears, we all know they're rebuilding. Two, they have the worst, I want to say, worst, the second worst offensive line. The Giants' offensive line all of a sudden looks like, wait, we can play football now. The Bears' offensive line looks like Justin Fields is running for track and field for the Olympics. Um, again, I said I'm going to use this quote. A question, do they want Justin Fields as their future? The way they're treating him in this offense, I don't know. I would rather have Justin Fields over Ryan Tannehill. I would take Justin Fields over Cooper Rush. I would take Justin Fields over a few more quarterbacks. A few more. I could refer back to the list, but I'm not going to do that today. If I do, we're going to have that uh, quarterback argument is going to be with uh, the Chameleon and Big Chief. Um, and the reason why I said I'm going to repeat this quote, the NBA influence. Now, Justin Fields is kind of plugged in. Oh, and he's definitely better than Trey Lance. Like It's not even close. So if you're Justin Fields, do you want to stay in Chicago? If I'm Justin Fields, and I'm my, my second question is, uh, my second question is, will Waquan Smith get his way? If my best defensive player wants to leave because he can't get paid, and I'm playing for a team that didn't build me an offensive line, has only one good wide receiver, the tight end is young and not getting it, and you got a defensive head coach. Why would you stay there as a business decision? We got to remember, I know us ex-football players and football players love football. Why are we staying with these organizations? They don't look at it as a football game. You are a number. You are a percentile player person. You get pluck and prodded before you get drafted. They look at you. This is a form of business checks and balances. You guys need to get your money. But you guys need to get your money the right way. I understand that there's so many jobs that these guys can get. But imagine how much money you would get if you played on a better team. Justin Fields in New England looks a whole lot better than Justin Fields in Chicago. Justin Fields in New Orleans looks a whole lot better than Justin Fields in Houston. Justin Fields in San Francisco. Huh? Huh? Justin Fields in San Francisco is a playoff team. Guess what, Justin Fields? You should probably put in that trade and go to another one. Because, man, if they're rebuilding, do you really want to be part of a rebuilding process? I mean, you see NBA teams do it. You see NBA teams do it all the time. You see what happens to these players when they get stuck in a rebuilding situation, injured. They're not paid the amount of money they should be for their skill set because they're buried on a bad team. Come on, man. The NFL contracts are not guaranteed. Do not stay stuck with these franchises who are rebuilding and then claim they're not. Come on, man. That GM is brand new. That coach is brand new. And you're part of an old regime. Get out while you can. Do not resign there. Go somewhere who says it. 
have your agent behind the scenes is go talk to somebody. You're too good to be in Chicago. Facts. Um, and then I do have another question here for everybody watching. Um, will Matt Eberflus, who's a coach, last more than two seasons in his rebuilding process with Chicago? I don't know. It's one of those questions I really don't know. All right. And my last and definitely not least. Now, I don't want you guys to say this because I don't like Cincinnati. I'm saying this because I've been saying it for two, almost three years now. The coach for the Cincinnati Bengals is going to get fired soon. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. And I can almost guarantee it because first year, they won four games, right? And then they got Jamar Chase. Then they went to a Super Bowl. This is beautiful, right? Beautiful for my prediction. So the Cincinnati Bengals went to a Super Bowl, right? So you go to a Super Bowl, your offensive line is terrible. So what do you do in the offseason? You get two more offensive linemen, right? You get another tight end who's awesome, by the way. Love Hurst. So you got a new tight end. You got two new offensive linemen. But guess what? Offensive linemen is not a thing where you can just plug and play. It's, it's not one of those positions that's built like that. So here's my number one, and I hope all of you can understand or agree with me when I say this. Because we all say it all the time. We hear it all the time on ESPN. I'm going to read it to you as I wrote it. The whole world is still prisoner of the moment. Right? You guys remember that two years ago, there were a four-win team. And halfway during the season, they were one of the worst teams in the AFC. And then they got hot. They got hot. Now, teams that get hot, that's normal. You get the right part of the schedule. You're feeling good about yourself. And we got to remember, football is also a confidence game. If you got no confidence as a quarterback, come on now. How many names do I need to say that the confidence game is messed up? Can I, met, can I name 10 quarterbacks in the last 20 years? If their confidence level was, confidence level was a little bit better, they might actually have been good. I'm going to start with one current quarterback who just had the greatest game of his career. TT. Tua. His confidence game was bad until that last game. But y'all saw how Tua was playing until that last game, too. Jay Cutler. Man, if that dude was a little bit more arrogant about himself, and realize how his game was? Whew. Matt Flynn, given a job, and got outplayed by Russell Wilson, who people are now downgra downgrading. People are downgrading Russell Wilson. Why? Come on, let's keep it real. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance has no confidence throwing the football. Passes were high, passes were low, and passes were never in the middle. He never let a wide receiver open. He threw to an open guy. 
He didn't throw the guy open. That's his biggest problem. You're in the NFL. He was on a D2 team where he had, uh, I think, one six-round wide receiver. Guess what? That one six-round wide receiver was always open. He didn't have to throw him open. So he never learned how to throw a guy open. And like I said, I could name 10, but I want to stick to Cincinnati. Okay. And again, you guys remember fact number one, that the whole world is still prisoner of the moment with the Bengals. Joe Burrow is not a number one quarterback. He's not a number one. He's not the number one quarterback in the NFL. He's not the best quarterback in his division. He's not. I'm sorry. You guys want to argue with me on it? Fine. Come hit me up in the chat, comment, whatever you want to do. Lamar Jackson is better than Joe Burrow. Now, you guys are probably going to go into my uh, my old episodes and how I was saying that Deshaun Watson was better than Lamar Jackson. But what did I say in those videos exactly? Lamar Jackson's only been in the league a couple years. Can we let him learn how to play the quarterback position before you guys mount these people on Mount Rushmore on these walls, please? Can you guys give them a minute? Can you? Can we see how they develop? Lamar Jackson, when he won the MVP, could not throw an out route to save his life. He could not do it. He could throw, look, his whole career, he could throw a seam route better than almost any quarterback, and he still does this today. He can hit a tight end on the line in the middle of the field better than any quarterback, including Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers combined. He's the best quarterback at throwing tight ends open in the middle of the field, period. I don't care what you say. If you don't believe me, turn on the tape. But guess what? Now he's learned how to throw the deep out route. Now he's learned to throw how to throw the deep post. He was never bad at throwing the deep post. But throwing the deep post in college and throwing the deep post in the NFL are two completely different ball games. If you don't believe me, you can go ask. Matter of fact, go ask my homeboy from Kansas City how year one, year two, year three, year four went for him. Because he still said he couldn't even read defenses in year two. So you guys are telling me there's a top ten quarterback in Cincinnati who can't even read NFL defenses, and this is common. With all quarterbacks. This isn't like, oh, I came in, I'm a genius. No. NFL speed. Uh, Peyton Manning told a story to Colin Cowherd. There's game speed. There's uh, college speed. There's NFL speed, college speed, and there's rivalry speed. Basically what we saw last night. The Cincinnati Bengals look, I mean, I'm sorry, the Cleveland Browns, if you really think that they're that much better than the Steelers, who didn't have their best player, and I believe their quarterback might have been benched, all this matters with the Bengals because you want to know why? The Bengals are still not going to win that division. I called it from jump. They're not better than the Browns. They're definitely not better than the Ravens. I don't care what anybody says. And that last team's going to give him fits. You brought in two new offensive linemen. It's going to take at least a half a season for these dudes to get acclimated. I hope they're all like going out to dinner, have had parties at each other's houses, or getting together on the weekend, something. 
the Cincinnati Bengals' talent is better offensively, not defensively. That's another knock on Cincinnati. And I'm going to read my last thing because I already spoke about it. Number three for the Cincinnati Bengals, O-line needs time to gel. And I wanted to say that I was going to give myself 30 minutes to run through the five teams. And I have just done that with two minutes over. Um, I do have one more. Okay, my um, my most disappointments for this week, I think, is obvious. Um, the Ravens' defense allowing the Miami Dolphins in the comeback win. I love how nobody talked about how Lamar Jackson has lost one of his best targets to Arizona. He threw for over 300 yards and ran for over 100 yards against a defense that everybody said was solid. And again, you guys can video fact check me. I said the problem with the Miami Dolphins was going to be the defense, especially if that offense is as successful as we just saw. That defense is going to be dog tired. They don't have any, they didn't, they didn't hire guys with motors. They hired guys with skill sets that they were hoping that could play pass rush. They basically built the Colts defense when Peyton Manning had a defense. Good luck them stopping the run. I know they got Wilkins in the middle. I just, I don't, I don't see that defense gelling when that offense is going to score like that. Good luck. Remember, it's all about balance, man. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, Jameis looking like the old Jameis. Man, that dude really needs – he needs to go uh, – man, he got LASIK surgery. But you know what it is? He's a quarterback who has all the confidence in the world and all the arm in the world, and he's like, dude, I can get it in that window. Because it's funny, he threw a pick six, and I don't even think – because most people probably turned the channel by then. I thought the game was over. Jameis came back and threw a beautiful pass. And I was like, dag on, only if you didn't throw that pick six. Um, the Colts are averaging 10 points a week. They got shut out in the, the second game. And then um, and I also put Titans have no identity. Those are my week two notes. I will probably be doing a most disappointing video on Monday. It'll be under this brand of the unfortunates. So look out for a small episode coming out Monday of the most disappointing. Thank you all for watching my first episode of the unfortunates. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you for watching. You guys have a beautiful, beautiful evening and I will see you next Friday. And I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say my line. I don't care if it's a different show. Good morning, good evening, and good night. And you know, I don't have an ending yet. I don't have a video. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, no, I don't. I don't, I don't have it on here. All right. Peace.